This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Thursday, February 29th, 2024, a leap day, which only happens once every 1,461 days. So yeah, it's sort of a big deal, especially for people celebrating a birthday on February 29th. If that is you, happy birthday and enjoy your very special day. For the rest of us, a number of places like Krispy Kreme Donuts, Wendy's, and Chipotle having leap day deals and specials, so there's that. If you're new to the Newsmax Daily, yes, I do have a cold. Little by little, I'm getting back to 100%. There is also severe weather in the forecast for the West Coast, more snow in the Midwest, and the Texas panhandle dealing with that brush fire that swept through yesterday, or I guess is still sweeping through. There's also several major news stories to get into. Donald Trump and President Joe Biden visiting the border will dominate much of the news today. Obviously, not visiting together. We'll get into that. The Supreme Court announced yesterday that it will hear Trump's presidential immunity argument. Huge story. The Hunter Biden deposition yesterday. Today, the House will vote on a bipartisan agreement that was reached yesterday to avert a partial government shutdown this weekend. It is expected to pass in the House today. Then the Senate will vote on it. And there are many Republican members of the Senate that do not want a short-term spending bill. So could be interesting when it gets to the Senate. If it does pass, it would create new funding deadlines again for March 8th and March 22nd. It's just continuously kicking the can down the road, as they say. And the longest-serving leader of the Senate, 82-year-old Mitch McConnell, is stepping down. I stand before you today, Mr. President, and my colleagues to say this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. However, I'll complete my job. My colleagues have given me until we select a new leader in November and they take the helm next January. So I'll get to the Supreme Court announcement on Trump in a moment, but let's start with the Chris Salcedo show on Mitch McConnell. Joining me now to talk about moderate Mitch stepping down, the negative impacts of Democrats, open borders, and so much more. Conservative Texas Senator Ted Cruz, always great to see you, sir. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on some of the breaking news stories today. First, you've been a vocal critic of Mitch McConnell and his lack of leadership from health care to massive overspending to the border. Your thoughts as he's stepping down. Well, Chris, great to be with you. Look, you're right, this is an historic day. Mitch has been the Republican leader in the Senate for 17 years. He and I have had a lot of disagreements over those years, but but I will say on this day that, that, that my response is simply to thank him for his service, that, that he served honorably. I've disagreed with many of the decisions he made, but he's had honorable service, and I, and I will say there are many legacies of Mitch McConnell, but, but the most consequential may well be the 
hundreds of principled constitutionalists who were nominated and confirmed to the federal judiciary. And, and that is a legacy. Uh, I, I told Mitch at lunch that that is a legacy that, that, that will outlast all of us. And, and, and so that, that, that's really something to be celebrated. He made the judgment that it was time to move on. And I, I certainly respect his judgment on that. Well, Senator, that's why you are the statesman I've always known you to be. You know, as a conservative and a Texan, I think it would be a, a disaster to replace Mitch McConnell with a senator who is a carbon copy of him, like Senator John Cornyn, for example, who would be every bit the dumpster fire for this country and our state as Mitch McConnell has been. Nobody knows the Constitution like you, Senator. Nobody knows the dangers of socialism and communism like you, Senator Cruz. Few have a consistent pro-American track record like you. Would you consider throwing your hat in the ring so that perhaps real leadership might actually return to the Senate? Well, Chris, I, I appreciate that. I would say it is, it is very early in the process. I think we will see over the next several months an extended conversation about who the next leader should be. You know, most of us in the Senate have never been through a leadership election for the leader. Mitch has been there 17 years. He was elected long before I was elected, long before most of my colleagues were elected. And, and so that process, I think there'll be several uh, senators who put themselves forward for that position. Uh, and, and my view, what I want to see is I want to see a leader, a Republican leader who focuses on delivering real results, on, on doing what we said we would do, and, and, and are de on delivering on our promises to the American people. I think our country is in crisis right now, and I'd like to see a Republican Senate majority leader uh, in the next year who's prepared to work hand in hand with what I hope will be President Trump uh, and a Republican House to deliver on, on a powerful agenda that makes a difference for the people of Texas and, and, and the people of this country. And then that's what I'm gonna be pressing for. Well, Senator, it'd be just a refreshing change for a conservative like me just to have somebody in leadership who actually wants to oppose a Democrat every now and again. That would be a very nice change. Chris Salcedo, host of The Chris Salcedo Show with Texas Senator Ted Cruz. This comes after McConnell reportedly had a few phone conversations over the last week or so with former President Donald Trump. Here's more from our Mercedes Schlapp with Bianca De La Garza. Why do you think he decided today to announce this? Uh, and why do you think he is, is doing this now? Well, I think we saw just last week that uh, Senator John Thune endorsed President Trump. And as we know, these two thirds of the Senate conference, GOP conference, have endorsed President Trump. Uh, but, you know, we know that there's been some tension between President Trump and Mitch McConnell, uh, where they haven't even spoken for three years. So, Look, I think for Mitch McConnell, after we've seen the health issues uh, that he's experienced, plus the fact that he really truly is, I would say, uh, have be, has become an unpopular uh, leader. Uh, we had a CPAC straw poll where 89% of, of the activists pretty much said that Mitch McConnell is not doing a good job. I think all of those elements all combined, I think at this point, there is a sense that it was uh, Mitch McConnell's time to go. Now, remember, Mitch said he isn't going anywhere until they vote for a new leader in November and he'll finish out his term until January. That is if his health holds up. But it is going to be a really, really interesting process along the way to see how Republicans go through this and see who will end up as Senate leader. The U.S. Supreme Court said it will take up Donald Trump's appeal for presidential immunity, which will also further delay a trial for his role in the January 6th events at the U.S. Capitol. 
Attorney Jordan Seculo, who once represented the former president, said the justice's decision to hear Donald Trump's claim of immunity from prosecution is a huge victory for the former president. Jordan Seculo, executive director of American Center for Law and Justice. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us this morning. So the timing, as Rob just said, very interesting. This is essentially a win, though, at least yesterday for Trump, right? This is a bigger win than getting the stay, just to make clear to everyone out there. A stay, uh, again, is uh, usually pretty temporary. You're looking at a a specific issue, which the court will then uh, decide on whether just a case can move forward. Now they've decided to take the case as a whole, and they also wrote the question presented very specifically. Can you be held criminally for official acts as president? And so they're going to look to official acts and then and only those, and can you help be held criminally for that? Now, you pointed out the key victory here is whatever happens in that case, uh, ultimately at the U.S. Supreme Court, will probably not affect Donald Trump at all. It will be impossible. I mean, it would be a miscarriage of justice. It would be against Department of Justice policies to start this trial where you will likely not have an opinion. I'm betting until the last week of June, which is the court usually is done by them with issuing opinions, or at the latest, the first week of July. So that means no trial could be concluded. It would just be the government and the Department of Justice, which has a policy against anything that could be seen as interfering in the election. So we're ready to go on this. ACLJ can't wait to file on this as well. Yeah, by the way, I know you know this, Jordan, but the Supreme Court could rule in Donald Trump's favor here. Yeah. And say that he has immunity, which means bye bye. That case goes away. Mm-hmm. It and seems think- like all of these cases, you look at Georgia, that case is falling by the wayside as well. Attorney Jordan Seculo on Wake Up America with Rob Finnerty and Sharla McBride. Let's go back in history for a moment. So what in a sense you're saying is that there are certain situations and the Houston plan or that part of it was one of them where the president can decide that it's in the best interest of the nation or something and do something illegal. Well, when the president does it, that means that it is not illegal. By definition. Exactly. Okay, and that was the moment, by the way, of of that interview, uh, Jordan. But how do you think the Supreme Court will rule on this? By the way, for everyone at home, Republicans, conservatives seemingly have a 6-3 advantage in the high court. Yeah, they're going to be very cautious. They're going to look to specifically what the Court of Appeals did. And I think the Court of Appeals, and we will look for this in the actual oral arguments here and some of the briefing that's coming, the Court of Appeals wrote this line uh, that basically says, I can't direct a quote, but, and it might be because I've said it so many times, but that the president loses it all immunity that he had as president at 12.01, the day he leaves as president of the United States. That has far-reaching issues, and not just for President Trump, for past presidents and future presidents to be convicted of what are called you know, criminal acts under someone's definition. They have to then prove that in court, uh, but acts they took as president of the United States. And what we are talking about here, again, is official acts. I think a lot of these hypotheticals, you know, can you have someone shoot, could the president order someone to shoot his political opponent? Uh, That would not, in my mind, fall under an official act of the president. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not what the court is considering. They're considering official acts of the president of the United States. 
and whether or not they can be uh, convicted of those or if their immunity exists post-presidency. And that court of appeals, way too far that 1201, you could have somehow arrested Mm -hmm. President George W. Bush because he was wrong on weapons of mass destruction. And even when he found out, continued the war in Iraq. Again, that's Attorney Jordan Seculo, Executive Director of American Center for Law and Justice on Wake Up America. And again, the Supreme Court says that it will hear oral arguments during the week of April 22nd, in case you missed that. All right, let's move on to Wednesday's Hunter Biden deposition in the Republican-led House, starting with reaction from some Democrats. But what's really embarrassing, and I use the word secondhand embarrassment because that's what we witnessed in there, is they're so desperate to humiliate the president. So it is not simply there's no connection to the president, which we've known all along and which was made clear again, but there is a very understandable, coherent business explanation for every single thing that they asked for. And now that all of this China stuff or Romania or Kazakhstan is clearly, clearly baseless and bogus, The biggest political hack on Capitol Hill, Dan Goldman. No evidence says the partisan hacks on the left. Here now to break it all down, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, who was in in that deposition. Congressman, good to have you. Now, I know you're you're, you're held by some sort of like a a little bit of a a guardrails of what you can and can't say. But just give us the sense. I mean, um, let me speculate. My dad had nothing to do with it. And I was too stoned (laughs) to know what the hell I was doing anyway. About close or what? Well, look, I'm not allowed to get into the particulars. The rules of the House are until we actually release the transcript when we're doing a deposition. And that's what this was because Hunter Biden was under subpoena. We can't get into the details. I will. I can say this, though. We have numerous other witnesses who said things that directly contradict uh, the testimony we received from Hunter Biden today. And we have evidence that contradicts what he uh, what he said today. But we have to wait until the transcript is made public before we can get into these specifics. Uh, what I do know is that, that there are four fundamental facts, I've talked about them numerous times, that will not change. Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma, gets paid a lot of money, a million dollars a year. Fact two, he's not qualified to be on the board. He basically said this himself in an ABC interview. Fact number three, he is, he's asked about um, if he can relieve the pressure, help the, uh, relieve the pressure that this uh, company is under, their CEO is under. And then fact number four, according to Devin Archer, who testified this past summer, he calls D.C. And a few days later, Joe Biden goes to Ukraine and pushes by leveraging and conditioning the release of American tax dollar on the firing of the prosecutor who's applying the pressure. So those did, facts have never changed and they, and they never will. Did he, uh, Hunter, ever describe what value he provided to Burisma and, and, and the Chinese government and Kazakhstan for these literal millions of dollars that came into his coffers? Again, I can't get into details but uh, about what may have come up in, in this particular deposition. But I do, I do know that, look, who are you going to believe here in this this whole thing? Are you, are you going to believe Tony Bobulinski, a successful business guy uh, who whose story came out four years ago and has not changed? His testimony has been consistent. Or are you going to believe the, uh, you know, Jim Biden, who testified last week, who's multiple times has uh, been involved in multiple companies that, that multiple business ventures that have failed, multiple people that. He uh, owes hundreds of thousands of dollars to. I mean, who are you going to who are you going to believe the White House whose story keeps changing? Joe Biden said, I never spoke to my son about business. Then that changed to I never been in business with my son. Then that changed to I was never financially involved in business with my son. So that's changed multiple. David Weiss's story has changed multiple times. 
but not the witnesses that we've that we brought in and, and uh, been able to interview, and certainly not the two whistleblowers uh, who came forward last summer. Congressman Jim Jordan, chair of the House Judiciary Committee on the Balance with Eric Bowling. And don't forget, the deposition of Hunter Biden of Hunter Biden is all part of the Biden bribery investigation as part of President Biden's impeachment probe. This is Republican Representative Matt Gates. Joe Biden was doing the bidding of Burisma. He was doing the bidding of Chinese communists, and his family was getting enriched as a consequence. To me, that's a pretty strong case for bribery. Let's go back to Wake Up America with Gates's Florida congressional colleague, Congressman Greg Stubbe, a former lawyer and member of the House Ways and Means Committee. Does this actually mean you are going to move forward with impeaching Joe Biden in the House? Because I'll tell you what, March 5th happens next week. That'll be eight months to Election Day. The clock is ticking. I wish we would. I signed on to I filed my own impeachment uh, resolution last year, uh, like in the middle of the year, once all of this information came to us on the financial records, where we then had direct evidence that he, Joe Biden himself, was receiving financial uh, uh, information and financial reimbursement from Chinese Communist Party and all these other businesses that Hunter Biden and his brother were doing and filtering it through all these LLCs. I filed it a year ago. I, I think we should have moved forward with it a long time ago. Uh, Hunter Biden obviously is not going to say, yeah, my dad was involved in all of this. It's interesting that the talking point for the Democrats, and you're right, it's been this the entire time, there's no direct evidence. Well, I was a practicing lawyer. I don't know what isn't direct evidence that we already have. Financial records, witness testimony. You have Tony Bobolinsky that says that Joe was in the meetings. You have pictures of Joe with all these business associates. You have financial monies moving from Chinese Communist Party, Ukraine entities into LLCs owned by Hunter Biden, and then the money being a cut to a check from Jim Jim Biden to Joe Biden. I mean, I don't know what more evidence you would need to have, yeah. but that's the narrative that the mainstream media wants to put out, that there's not any evidence. Because I, I think we're just at a stalemate right now. I, I think that half the country thinks that Joe and Hunter and Jim are all on the level, and the other half, the half that's watching right now, they know that clearly there's something going on here. I, I just don't know how much longer this investigation can, can go on without bearing some fruit. Now, I think that there are Republicans in the House that would like to see, hey, Hunter might be in the courtroom at the same time that Donald Trump is in the courtroom if that happens over the summer. And that would be hugely embarrassing for the White House. Have you had any conversations with our new House Speaker, Mike Johnson, or James Comer, or Jim Jordan, about moving the ball down the field here? Because every time I have a member of Congress on, I, and I, I understand, I hear you, but they say the exact same thing you just said. Uh, I, my conversations with Comer is he wants to move this forward. I have not had direct conversations with Speaker Johnson on this. I think the leadership's challenge is if we bring this to the floor, let's say we bring the impeachment of Joe Biden to the floor tomorrow, do we have the Republican votes to get it across the finish line? We couldn't even get Mayorkas impeached uh, the first time we tried, and then we yeah. had to wait for Scalise to be able to come up from cancer treatments to be able to give us that one vote because we had three Republicans who voted against impeaching Mayorkas. I, I don't understand that, so I think the leadership's 
concern and challenge is if we bring it to the floor, are there going to be enough votes to move it forward? And if not, we're going to waste a lot of floor time and get, quote unquote, embarrassed because we're not going to be able to pass it. But I think put members on the board, put these Democrats in tough districts on the board on all of this evidence, put Republicans on the board on this and move forward. Uh, it should have been done a year ago, in my opinion, which is why I filed my own resolution in, in conversations with Comer after I filed that. He said he agreed with me 100 percent. But obviously, as a chairman, you're trying to do what the leadership wants you to do. Yeah. Uh, if Speaker Johnson wanted to bring this to the floor tomorrow, he could. Sounds like you got to run for leadership uh, next cycle, <laughs> Congressman. I think I'm too conservative to get elected Speaker of this House. Well, you never know. Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe, Stubbe Doo on Wake Up America with Rob Finnerty. I say that with the utmost admiration. Stubbe, also a U.S. Army veteran who served in the Iraq War. I live in Florida. I worked in Florida news radio for a long time. Somehow we just gave Stubby that nickname in the newsroom over the years when he, you know, we did interviews and whatnot. We'd be like, oh, it's Congressman Greg Stubby Stubby Doo. Maybe because he does a lot of stuff. I don't know, but it's just something that came up. So again, the House votes on a short-term spending bill today. President Biden is in the border town of Brownsville, Texas. Former President Donald Trump is touring Eagle Pass, Texas, the epicenter of border crossings. Catch updates throughout the day on Newsmax. And a Cook County judge has ordered the Illinois Board of Elections to remove Trump from ballots statewide but then issued a stay immediately after, allowing the Trump legal team to appeal. Trump's lawyers have all the way until tomorrow, Friday, to file an appeal. The state's primary is on March 19th. Again, this is in Illinois, and again, basically another political stunt. Russian President Vladimir Putin gave his State of the Union-style address today at the Russian parliament, defending the attack on Ukraine and praising the Russian soldiers that are fighting there. Russia's election is happening next month, and the 71-year-old dictator is expected to easily win, especially since opposition leader Alexei Navalny died in prison suspiciously this month. Be sure to keep up with all the news all day. And I say it every day, but there's going to be plenty of it today. Keep it on Newsmax, available on most major cable systems. If you're not yet watching Newsmax on Newsmax Plus, go to NewsmaxPlus.com, get signed up. You can get a free trial. It includes all of your favorite shows and hosts with expert analysis from some of your favorites like Governor Mike Huckabee, uh, Carrie Lake, KT McFarland. Alan Dershowitz and others, as well as documentaries, special programs, and more. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. Thank you for listening to the Newsmax Daily. Continue to share it with your friends and family. I'm Tony Marino. Enjoy the rest of your day. A very special happy birthday to you if you were born on February 29th. Comments, questions, concerns, hellos, salutations at Radio underscore Marino. And keep on! Fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.